0: Welcome to Terragard. A world of adventure.
1: Atos, come and face me
0: of heroes. Elroy of Battle Ah! of Monsters. (laughs) And magic. Welcome to Terragard Tales, Season 1, The Lunar Sundering, written and narrated by D.S. Tierney. Birth of the Banyu, Part 2 Elna had been in her eighth year when she first saw a dragon. It looked as small as a bird gliding around the clouds. Great wings spread wide, the edges scalloped like a bat. She may have mistaken it for a hawk had its serpentine tail not slithered through the crisp spring air. Just as quickly it was gone, vanishing behind a puffy cloud, never to be seen again. The other children of the tribe, those who believed her, asked if she had wished upon the dragon's back that if she had, it would return to her with that wish granted. Elna despaired that she had not, and spent many days thereafter staring into the sky, hoping to see a glimpse of the beast. But she did not. As the years passed and her first blooding came, she found herself looking less and less. The weight of her parents' disapproval The chiding of her friends and even the quick switch of old Mother Ardentra against her backside when she caught the girl sky-gazing kept her eyes on the ground more than not. But Matei was different. Though the other boys teased her, he would stand over her shoulder as she looked up and whisper in her ear, If you believe you will see it again, you will. But you don't need a dragon to make your wishes come true. Elna's heart beat fast whenever he spoke, but melted at those words. After that day, the memory of the dragon frayed at the edges and unraveled into dream. Elna no longer looked to the skies and doubted her own memories as a flight of youthful fancy. By adulthood, she forgot about it altogether. Until now. The dragon's deep crimson scales shimmered like the surface of a lake against the molten fires below. Its head protruded from a hole in the cave wall, but the rest of its body remained hidden. That's where the lava is, Elna thought, and was left to wonder if the beast was swimming in the molten rock. Its long mouth stretched in a wide grin, as it shifted its head back and forth to eye her and the wolfhound. The smile faltered the longer the silence dragged on. What was it waiting for? Why did it not devour her whole?
1: I am speaking in a language you understand, yes?
0: Elna nodded after a moment, a short, terrified shake of her head.
1: Then can you not speak?
0: The dragon's voice was deep, "'A rumble of stones set to the music of summer birds, both sweet and frightening. "'I speak,' Elna answered, standing between the dragon and the injured wolf. "'Then you should answer.
1: It is considered rude not to answer when someone asks a question.'
0: "'The dragon moved to rest its chin on a ledge of rocks, and then shifted itself until it was comfortable.' With a satisfied sigh, a warm breeze blew Elna's hair. The wolfhound whimpered and curled into a ball. Are you planning to eat us? The question felt reasonable to her, but the dragon coughed and lifted its head to laugh. <laughs> it was a booming sound that echoed off the close confines of the cave walls. When its mirth faded, it lowered its head to look into her eyes.
1: That would be as pointless as it is messy,
0: the dragon responded.
1: Imagine throwing a pebble into the ocean and calling it full. That is the amount of sustenance you and your companion would provide.
0: If not us, what do you eat? Elna found it hard to believe the beast wouldn't feast on them, given the chance.
1: Dragons live on the energies of the world.
0: Elna squinted her eyes, and the dragon laughed again. <laughs>
1: Perhaps it is an idea you will just have to believe.
0: There were stories in our tribe. Dragons destroying whole villages.
1: Indeed?
0: The dragon sniffed the air. Yes. Some of the
1: younger generations have turned feral, giving in to their basest Desires. We of the original casting are above such things. Then what do you want? A few moments of idle conversation. It has been a long time since I enjoyed a bit of company.
0: Others have come here? Elna's shoulders and chest ached with tension threatening to suffocate her. The dragon adopted a posture of relaxation and affability. But it was a predator would make short work of her whenever it chose. How could she relax in such a scenario? The world is ended, my family is gone, and the only friend I have is an injured wolf who may well try to kill me when it is healed. And it's the dragon I'm scared of? The thought gave no relief to her panic.
1: There have been others over the centuries, but I slumbered long. And it appears they no longer come.
0: Centuries? Elna didn't understand the word.
1: Centuries.
0: Do you not know that? Elna shook
1: her head. Let me think. Imagine your grandparents' grandparents, their grandparents, and so on. That would be centuries.
0: "'Elna let out a breathy gasp, and the dragon smiled.
1: "'I am much older than even that, little pebble,'
0: the dragon continued.
1: "'I recall a time before humans, when only dragons roamed the world.'
0: "'The dragon's nostrils flared as a gust of wind blew a swirl of ash into the cave. "'It coughed and blew the detritus back out. "'You are both tired. Perhaps you should rest.' Time
1: enough for conversations when your mind has had a chance to recharge.
0: The dragon smiled again, an eerie-looking curvature of its lips, revealing teeth as sharp as any spear point. Elna remained unconvinced of the creature's altruism, but settled herself down with a back against the wall. As she did, the dragon furrowed its brow and crinkled its nostrils. What's wrong? she asked.
1: There's no need to be shy. I've been told the moss is quite comfortable to lay on.
0: What moss? Elna looked around, seeing no sign of moss throughout the cave. The dragon shifted its head, sliding it further into the cave. As it did, the scales beneath scratched against the rock, raining sparks onto the floor. Its long neck curved as the beast inspected the back of the cave. Curious! it said, and then inhaled and coughed. The force of the wind toppled the stones, revealing a larger chamber deeper within. Ilna's legs shook with exhaustion, but she managed to pull herself up, resting a steadying arm against the wall. Dazzling red lights kaleidoscoped within. The softness of the tapestry they painted with soothing Mesmerizing, and more beautiful than any hide painting the tribe ever made. Elna shuffled forward, feeling the tug and snap of gossamer threads across her face as she stepped through the new threshold. The ground was supple beneath her feet, and the lights were revealed to be reflections off the molten lava running below a giant pool of water far to the back. Elna was startled by the sound of falling rocks, but steadied herself. It was only the dragon, cracking open a hole in the wall so that he could see into the new chamber.
1: Yes, this is what I remembered.
0: The room was massive, with a ceiling that arched so high it could easily house any tree Elna ever saw. Carved into the walls on either side were long holes, as long as a person and covered with moss. Presumably, this was the moss the dragon meant for her to lay on. As Elna approached the closest bed, she noticed an odd shape resting within. Reaching into the dark, she poked it with a finger. A skeleton, held together by dust, fell apart, its arms toppling onto the ground at her feet. Elna found that she was unable to summon even a moment of pity for the dead.
1: Perhaps try another bed,
0: the dragon laughed. The wolf limped into the chamber, its nose in the air as it hung close to the wall. It found a bed on the opposite side and climbed in, disappearing into the dark recess. Elna bent down and picked up one of the broken arm bones and tested the tip with her thumb. Matei once told her that bone was the next best thing to stone when it came to weapons. She would take him at his word. Elna pulled the bone close to her chest as she lay down on an empty bed of moss. The makeshift weapon wouldn't help against the dragon, but might if the wolf decided it no longer wanted to be friends. The moss was as soft as promised and cradled her gently. Dragon?
1: Yes, Pebble?
0: When I was a girl, I saw a dragon flying across the sky. I almost forgot about it until today. Was that you?
1: No. I've slept long since before you were born.
0: Elna's mind drifted, but in the final moments of wakefulness, she could hear the dragon whispering. Sleep now, Pebble. Sleep. Do you plan to devour me while I sleep? She asked from the distant recesses of her mind. (laughs) Not today. It laughed.
1: Perhaps tomorrow.
0: Elna slept. And then woke amidst a blood-curdling scream. Had it been hers? Elna could not tell as she struggled back to the world of the living. Terror coursed through her bedraggled frame as she imagined being attacked while she slept. But her arms and legs were clean of injury, and nothing stirred around her. Elna swung her feet off the bed and stood, holding tight the bone in her left hand, preparing to steady herself with the right. She felt stronger now than she ever had before. Was this an effect of the cave? The moss? The dragon? She intended to ask the beast about that and the scream that woke her, but the hole it poked its head through was empty. Dragon, she whispered, still aware of the fear in her bones. There was no reply, only the low growl of the wolf. Elna turned to cluck at it, but froze. Two golden eyes shone from the darkness of its alcove, But those eyes did not regard her. Instead, she followed the gaze to the shadowed threshold leading to the cave's entrance. Dragon! she whispered again. What answered was not the dragon. A misshapen figure filled the entrance, standing on two legs. A thing covered in hair shook and bent in odd ways. The antlers jutting from the top of its head scraped the stone ceiling and it screamed. The same scream that woke me, Elna thought. She was still in her head as the thing charged, the clopping sound of hooves following in its wake. Elna brought the bone up, but the damnable thing was fast and rammed into her before she could defend The strike threw her back and the dull thud of her skull on the cave floor made her want to vomit. A war between fight and flight waged in her mind as she stood. Fear's argument was weak. There was nowhere to run that didn't lead her through this mangled thing. In the end, it was the sensation of something warm trickling down the back of her neck that won the battle. Elna reached a hand up and it came away slick with blood. Her anger blossomed. Elna's scream was fierce, causing the thing to cover its ears. It stood there, shaking its head, swaying madly in a painful dance. Elna leaned her shoulder into its bulky frame and stumbled backwards, rebounding off its chest, saving herself only by clutching on to a clump of matted fur that pulled away as she planted her feet. The monster hadn't budged. Elna drove the bone knife into its stomach, where it sank easily enough. But was she causing it any more pain than it was already in? As Elna continued to attack, the wolf climbed down from its perch. A gray furred streak darting between the thing's legs, snapping at exposed tendons. There was a howl, and then a high-pitched whine filled the cave as a hoof kicked the wolf into a wall. The creature dropped its arms and screamed at Elna, falling forward to pin her beneath its massive frame. Its deranged muzzle, filled with cracked teeth, snapped at her neck, seeking an easy meal. Elna gripped the bone blade on either end, pressing the bleached shaft against the beast's throat. It was all she could do to hold it at bay as it bit the air above her flesh. Spit shot from its mouth and the droplets stung her skin where they landed. Elna turned her face away, not wanting to look at the creature as it chewed into her throat. It would happen soon. What strength she regained from sleep quickly ebbed away. And then it was over. The creature's weight lifted from her body and vanished. It happened so fast she was left to wonder if the attack occurred at all. Had it just been a figment of her imagination? Then came the dragon's cough, a booming sound that echoed off the walls. And fire, a bright bloom full of heat. Elna shielded her eyes as she stood and waited for the light to fade.
1: Are you all right, little pebble?
0: My name is Elna. She replied as she took a step toward the smoldering corpse of what attacked her. The fur was singed away and the skin crackled a deep golden brown. The dragon had saved her. The dragon sniffed at the air and sighed.
1: Yes, Elna. We never properly introduced ourselves. I am Trogamore, the Defiant.
0: It finished with a somewhat sad lilt to its voice. Elna didn't hear it. Her attention was focused entirely on what attacked her. What was it?
1: Something twisted by the magic's wrought upon the world,
0: the dragon replied.
1: You have a wound on your head. Take some moss and press it tight against the blood.
0: Elna did, and then walked back toward the monster.
1: You should dress the beast. Harvest what you can from it. The waters here will refresh. But you still need to eat.
0: You want me to eat that? Elna twisted her mouth, trying to imagine anything but what was suggested.
1: The meat will be quite good.
0: But it's a man.
1: Man? No.
0: The dragon sniffed again.
1: There is no man in it. It was a stag. Magic twisted it into something else. It will be safe to eat.
0: Elna wanted to protest further, but her stomach had other ideas. Kneeling over the carcass, her hands shook. Was it fear? Did she think the beast would rise up to attack? No, it was hunger. The shattered end of bone was not sharp, but she knew where to cut. This was something she was good at. Something that made her feel normal. As normal as she could. The first piece of meat was still warm as it sat on her tongue. Elna closed her eyes and let it sit there, tasting it. The wolf lay on its belly beside her and pawed at her leg. Elna opened her eyes and chewed as she went back to work. When the heart was exposed, she cut it out and threw it to the wolf. The tribe's hunters always said the heart connected you to the kill but Elna desired no such connection to this creature. Are there others like it? she asked as she cut another piece and stuffed it in her mouth. The dragon stuck its head into the entrance chamber and sniffed.
1: There is much chaos in the world and many things are changing. I fear there are things worse than this.
0: You can smell all of that.
1: You would be surprised what a simple scent can tell
0: you. Elna continued to eat as the wolf gnawed on the heart, both making contented noises. It was difficult, but she forced herself to stop before she ate too much and lost the whole meal. Do you have wings, dragon? Trogamore snorted and smiled broadly.
1: Grand wings, majestic in length and
0: width. Then you could fly out there, above the storms, into the forever Hope bloomed as it had not in such a long time.
1: I suppose I could, but why would I? I have a warm bath of molten rock, a friend to converse with, and shelter from the chaos.
0: But you can fly, Elna shouted, anger welling up in her throat. How could the dragon be so stubborn when the solution was so plain? You can reach the Great Mother and speak to her. Make her see reason. Make her reign in the mischievous sun. Pull him back to the forever. The storms would be lifted. The madness over. Trogmore cocked its head one way and then the other as it listened, and then sniffed, closed its eyes.
1: So that is what you believe. The Great Mother is a spirit watching over
0: you. She is the first mother. and watches over all the tribes.
1: And the mischievous son?
0: Was her child who betrayed her, and so she kept him close at hand. Elna started crying uncontrollable tears. Why can't you just talk to her? You'll see!
1: Because there is no one to talk to, little pebble, the dragon rumbled.
0: Then make him my wish!
1: Your wish?
0: Wish on a dragon's back, and it will carry the wish back to you. Elna could taste the falseness of those words as surely as she had the ash. Wishing was a children's game, nothing more. But Elna was terrified to let the dragon speak, unsure of why she was frightened, only knowing that a crack appeared in her mind, and the dragon's next words would shatter everything she ever believed.
1: "'I cannot grant wishes. What you call the Great Mother is a moon.' A barren stone in the sky, the same as the mischievous sun. They're both moons, floating around this soon-to-be barren rock which floats around a sun.
0: No! The Great Mother is the first mother! Ilna's voice screeched, and the wolf climbed back into its bed, hiding in the dark recesses where only its eyes shone. I saw the mischievous sun's attack! I was watching! I saw him attack the world! No, Pebble, Trogamore said in a voice breaking from despair.
1: What you saw was the last foolish act in a foolish war. The reckless and villainous work. The ones you call raven dwellers from the western lands.
0: Liar! Elna screamed and hit the dragon over and over with the bone until it shattered. The dragon was impervious to the strikes but it retreated into the molten muck it called home.
1: What you saw was
0: my fault, Trogamore said, and then submerged beneath the flames. Elna wept in the silence that followed until tears stopped coming. The winds screamed outside, whistling across the stone mouth of the cave. As they subsided, Elna heard another mangle. And then another. The monsters were coming. Thank you for listening. Please join us next time for part three of Birth of the Banyu. To remain up to date on TerraGuard Tales releases, please follow me on Twitter at dstierney1 or go to my website at www.dstierney.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a five star rating and review. And if you would like to help support the podcast, please consider joining the TerraGuard Tales Patreon page where members can join and receive bonus Q&A episodes, as well as a bonus story episode per season. Terror Guard Tales, all characters, locations, stories, and content are copyright 2019 and cannot be used or distributed without express permission.